Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. I want to tell you who we were listening to before we uh, start my first interview. That was the band Covet, Yvette Young, and I actually had a chance to see her perform live. She's amazing, absolutely amazing, if you want to look her up. I had a chance to also interview her, and if you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. Hope your Wednesday is off to a great start. Uh, standing by to join me is a wonderful actor. His name is Harrison Zhu. He is starring in the film Last Summer of Nathan Lee, directed by Quentin Lee. And all the information about the film is up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And he's with us right now. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Nice to connect with you. And congratulations. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Harrison, tell me a little bit about this film, because I know you have an extensive acting background. What attracted you to be part of this film? Yeah, uh, I actually worked with Quentin about 13 years ago in Vancouver. It was one of my first acting gigs, um, and he and I have always kept in touch. And uh, when he reached out to me about this film uh, about three years ago, it was something I was particularly interested in because um, I'm a big fan of coming-of-age uh, dramedies, mm-hmm. and this was you know right up my alley, and especially because, you know, in that genre, you don't really see many Asian male leads. Sure. Um, you know, it definitely uh, was something that really struck a chord with me. And um, I met with Quentin and Dennis, the writer, uh, initially just to chat about the project before they were given a script. And, um, you know, Quentin wanted to write the project for me. So it was definitely a no-brainer to start working with him and Dennis on the project. Wait, he wrote it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How how did that happen? I mean, because you had this strong friendship? I mean, how did that happen? Yeah, I think, like, when we had worked together 13 years ago, I think we had a really great experience. And he always, every few years, we would bump into each other, and he kept saying he wanted to create a project for me. So um, I think, you know, this project came to mind for him, and, um, you know, he reached out to me and Dennis to get the ball rolling. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. So I'm very appreciative of Quentin as, um, having thought of me for uh, this type of role for all these years. Absolutely. Was this, did you face any kind of health scare or is this something that was not related to your life? No, it's not related to my life, but um, it's related to Quentin's. That's how the story came about because okay. he um, went to high school in Montreal and he had a good friend that uh, did die of brain cancer at right. 17. So oh. I think he had always wanted to tell that story and he had always wanted to create a found footage movie, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was just the right place, right time, um, when he had connected with me and Dennis to create the project. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also a great way to, um, you know, create art, but also as a tribute to someone you lose. Absolutely, yeah. You know? So give us a sense, because I didn't share with listeners what the film was about. Yeah. Um, so the film is about Nathan Lee. Uh, he's an 18-year-old uh, senior in high school who gets diagnosed with brain cancer, and uh, his best friend Dash uh, documents his final summer, um, and he films everything. Um, and Nathan's uh, surface-level goal is just to make sure he doesn't die a virgin, so that's mm-hmm. where uh, a lot of the comedy comes in. But it's really a heartfelt coming-of-age uh, 
um, dramedy about these friends who, um, you know, want to just live their life to the fullest during Nathan's final summer. Yeah. I, I actually really liked the way it was shot. It was, it was so realistic and, you know, you're just like along for the ride. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It was really cool. What was it like to work with the other cast members? Did you know any other cast members? Yeah, I knew uh, one person, Drew, who played April. I'd recommended her for the role, um, but everyone else I hadn't worked with before. Um, we had done uh, a Zoom table read, because this was during the height of COVID, um, where we had first been introduced to each other, and this was when there was a first draft. So it was a good opportunity for us to all meet each other virtually and just um, start building chemistry. And Quentin had actually known every single person on the cast beforehand. So we didn't really go through an extensive casting process. Quentin basically had people in mind already for these parts. Um, the only person that we found through casting was uh, Dash, mm-hmm. uh, played by Matthew Mitchell Espinosa. He um, great. was great. Great. Yeah, he, yeah, he's fantastic in the role. And mm-hmm. um, we, yeah, we struggled a little bit with that character because there was initially someone that Quentin wanted, but... It wasn't quite the right fit, so we did a uh, extensive casting process for Dash, and we found Matt, and uh, we immediately knew after our initial uh, callback that he was the person for Dash. I thought the casting was fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, the cast is incredible, and, um, you know, we had a lot of time, even just before shooting, through rehearsals, and... Um, you know, a lot of us just got lunch just to get to know each other um, beforehand because, you know, as a group of friends, especially with me and Dash, you know, we were supposed to have this, you know, decade-long uh, back history of friendship. And for us as actors, we didn't know each other before. So mm-hmm. um, in order to really portray that authentically, we wanted to make sure that we actually you know, knew each other well enough and liked each other. And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I hope all that showed on screen. And, you know, today, to this day, like, we're all still really good friends, too. Why am I not surprised? You had great chemistry. Yeah, thank you. Really great chemistry. Um, so I know you uh, went to USC, and um, yeah. you are a dual citizen, U.S. and mm-hmm. Canada. And you've been in a lot of different shows. Have you always been, you know, very comfortable in your own skin, or did that take time? Um. I think it takes time. I don't even know if I'm ever going to be fully comfortable. (laughs) Um, But as an actor, I feel like, you know, you're often um, in this industry playing, you know, bit parts here and there, or you're constantly playing a different type of character. And I feel like why this script in particular resonated with me is it's my first time playing a, a true lead in a film and someone who feels pretty close to the chest for me. So, Mm -hmm. It was really great being able to, um, you know, just be on set every day and really be able to craft a character. Um, Because, you know, I've I've had a lot of parts on TV shows where it's like, you know, a day or a week and you're often Mm -hmm. playing a supporting character or a guest star or co-star to whatever's happening in the main core storyline of that series. And um, while it's super fun, um, you know, you don't get to do a lot of that character work and you don't get to... Um, you know, feel like you're having a true impact on that uh, piece of content. So, um, just I, I think having done this for about 14 years professionally, 
um, you know, each year I get more and more comfortable. And, um, you know, after this project, it was really rewarding as an actor to be able to, you know, really, uh, play into that character for so long and yes. become that character. And I think uh, after that uh, filming process, I now feel you know, even more comfortable as I tackle new roles. I think it's great. I do want to ask you a question with regards to um, mental health and the LGBTQ community. If someone is watching this, you know, someone in the Gen Z demographic, let's say, and they do struggle with their mental health, they don't feel supported. Are there things that you know, you experience where you, you found, you know, comfort with different groups or doing different things, you know, as an actor? Yeah, I feel like as an actor, um, it's all about community and, you know, surrounding yourself with people who love you and care about you. And um, I feel like acting such a tough profession where it's really, um, you're in the job of rejection. Like, you get rejected a lot. And, you know, there, there are all always people that don't think that acting is for you or they think you should pursue something else. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is just finding uh, a community and group of friends that all share the same goals and values of you. Um, because, you know, it, it's a really tough industry and just making sure that you surround yourself with people that love you and care about you. Um, I think that's the most important. Definitely. I was also reading that you do a lot of voiceover work and you have your own production mm-hmm. company. I, I think, you know, really exploring different aspects of yourself is so cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even discover voiceover until about three, four years ago. Um, and um, it was something I, I kind of fell into. I've always been interested in voice acting, but mm-hmm. um, it always seemed so foreign and difficult. But <laughs> um, with COVID, when everything was shut down and nothing was filming, I decided to just give it a chance and... Um, yeah, I dove headfirst into it and I've loved it. And, um, going back to the community thing, I feel like, um, with voiceover specifically, I feel like the community is so, so supportive and I love, I I love, uh, you know, on camera acting, but with voiceover, I feel like everyone is even more supportive. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people that initially got into the voiceover world were, it's almost like the band of misfits. Yes, <laughs> I didn't want I know. to do <laughs> on-camera acting, and yeah, I just I just love that world so much. I I, I had an experience yesterday um, doing an audio book, which I don't often do. But I was uh, in a studio by myself, and and somebody was in the other studio and directing me, and he was so funny. He's so funny, and I feel uh, with voiceover it's almost like you have this freedom to just be whoever you want to be. And, mm-hmm. and over time, you know, you become more comfortable, but sometimes, you know, when you really let loose, you discover like a whole side of yourself you didn't think was there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause with on camera, you know, so much of, um, <laughs> of the work is, you know, how you uh, present yourself, how you look yes. and with voiceover, all that goes away. It's really just, you know, that flexibility and freedom to be yourself and mm-hmm. have fun. And, and play. I think that's what that world's so special. Yeah, and just play because we forget how to yeah. play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you would like uh, listeners to take away from this film. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I think we as filmmakers want people to, to take away and also what I took away the most from this film as an actor is you know, living life to the fullest. I know that seems kind of corny and cliche, but Mm -hmm. I think 
um, you know, having really delved into the psyche of Nathan Lee and in preparation for the film, you know, I think a lot of people ask like, oh, like, you know, this film doesn't really portray death. It portrays um, life. Like, how is that process? And, you know, in this film, when we see Nathan for the first time, he's already um, been diagnosed with brain cancer. A lot of that tough stuff at the beginning has already been dealt with. The film itself is just a beacon of light and how Nathan, um, you know, views his outlook and how he treats his friends. And, you know, while everyone around him is going through their own things as well and they're all sad ultimately that Nathan might not make it past the summer. Sure. Um, Nathan himself always, you know, is positive and he's almost like that rock for everyone else where if he's positive and has a positive outlook on life, then everyone else around him will feel a lot more comfortable too. So I think that's the biggest thing that I took away and I would love yeah, people to take away as well from this film. I also love the the dad. Uh, he was mm-hmm. just so stiff and even, you know, at one point patting him on the back, you know, I just, it yeah. was, he played such a great stiff dad with very little emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, where can people see this film? I know it is released October 20th, available on Video On Demand November 22nd. I did put the trailer up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Um, any other places people can see it? Yeah, I think right now the next place is on a Quentin streaming service, Asian American, AAM.TV. And then after that, uh, it'll probably be available at some point on um, you know, Amazon or iTunes or, or more of the traditional um, uh, transactional uh, websites. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think if you follow uh, Asian American movies on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, Quentin uh, um, pretty frequently posts updates there. That's great. And by the way, you, you said this was shot during the pandemic? Yeah, it was shot uh, September of 2021. Wow. What was that experience like? Uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, you know, it's, it was during the height of COVID. We all gotten like one shot, I think. So, um, that was when the industry itself was still figuring out how, uh, to deal with COVID protocols. And we had a couple COVID compliance officers on set and everyone wore masks. And, um, for us, we kind of had to create our own little bubble on set for the two weeks that we shot. Sure. Um, but I think that also forced us to be closer, too, because we didn't really see anyone during those two weeks except for uh, each other. Yeah, you'd never know it was a pandemic shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, is there a website people can find out more information? Um, if not, I'll I think... Go ahead. Yeah, I think social is probably the best way to follow along. Okay. Great. And I did, again, I put all the information on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Um, anywhere people can meet you in person or, you know, follow your work. Yeah. Um, I post pretty frequently on my social. It's just uh, Shu Harrison um, on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I- I'm around. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I-, I have another film that I just completed that is going to be going through the festival circuit next year. It's called Extremely Unique Dynamics, and I'll definitely be at a lot of those screenings. So okay. uh, it's a little early right now. We're, try- we're trying to figure out which festivals we're going to be getting into. But yeah. 
um, hopefully there'll be some, um, you know, in LA that I'll be at, I can meet people at as well. What is that one about? That one's about, uh, it's kind of a meta film. Um, it's about me and my best, uh, one of my best friends and, uh, it's our final weekend together. And, um, my character and his character, like we've been friends for, um, you know, 20 years, and during the final weekend together, they make a movie about two guys making a movie about two guys making a movie, <laughs> and um, one of the characters is um, closeted, and because they've been friends for so long, they don't, they haven't talked about it, it's kind of just been this unspoken thing, and because it's their final weekend together, and they're making a movie about two guys making a movie about two guys making a movie, they're able to finally start opening up about these things through their characters um, as uh, kind of their way to start, um, you know, discussing these uh, things that have just gone and spoken for so long. That's great. I feel like you really have laid the groundwork for other actors in the Asian community to be comfortable and, you know, see how you portray yourself and, you know, kind of carve their own path. Yeah, I, I hope so. And, you know, so many people have done that before me as well and mm-hmm. that I'm really appreciative of and I feel like we've made some really big strides in Asian American representation and um, I, I think we have a ways to go but yeah. um, I, I, I do see you know, a lot of great progress in Asian American representation, queer representation um, and just you know more content where people are just able to express themselves and become and be themselves um, yes as authentically as they can be. So important. By the way, I apologize. I did not pronounce your last name correctly. It's Sue? Sorry. <laughs> also, going back to that, yeah. like, um, you know, I'm second generation, and I, for the longest time, have pronounced my last name Zhu. Okay. My brother pronounces my last name Sue, and my dad says Shu. And technically, <laughs> it's Shu, but yes. I think also as part of that, like, um, you know, authentic representation. Like, yes. growing up, I played a lot of sports, and no one could ever pronounce my last name. Okay. So everyone kept saying Zoo, and I kind of just stuck. And I'm trying to <laughs> uh, say shoe like, the proper way of saying it, but I just, I've said it so long that I keep accidentally saying Zoo. So that's part of, you know, reclaiming my <laughs> identity and just trying to be as authentic as possible. It's just, you know, it's for so long, I've, I've said it incorrectly because other people have said it incorrectly. Yes. And, and your uh, dad's like, wait, what, what are you, t- how are you saying it? <laughs> He's the only yeah. one saying it correctly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations. I really enjoyed the film. It's wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That was Harrison Zhu, or Shu, however you want to pronounce it. And we were talking about his film, Last Summer of Nathan Lee. You can watch the trailer up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And all the information is up there. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.